it was the fact that I was running, you know, anybody could, anybody can run a marathon. They like can if yeah. they put their mind to it. But to tell somebody with cancer that, yeah, you could, you could run this marathon, you know, there's no reason why you can't. And that's what I, I wanted to tell people that I, you know, nothing can throw you out, out of your focus. You know, you can do anything. My mum used to say to me, Pat, there's no such word as can't. You know, and now I realise what she meant by that. You know, there is no such word as can't. And I was just, I am going to do this and I'm going to do it for every person that has cancer here. And I'm going to show them, you just don't lie down, you just fight this. That's Pat Shields. And this is the Inspirational Runners Podcast. London Marathon Week, what a buzz. I really hope everyone does well tomorrow. Even more importantly, enjoys the race. My name's Robbie Marsh and I'm your host. So welcome to the podcast. A great episode this week with Murlocs Pat Shields. At 49, Pat takes a change in direction and recolors her life through running. I have no doubt that her strength and fitness built up during her marathon journey has helped her to battle her diagnosis, along with being surrounded by a strong support group. It's something we don't really realise that through running we are building both a stronger body and mind that will help us to be in a better position to deal with life's more challenging moments. Before we start, this episode comes from Dublin Mountain Marathon, which is being held on the 11th of May. Only got a couple of weeks left. It's another great race from Don Hannon Raw Ultra. So if you fancy it, there's a full and half distance, so check out the Raw Ultra website or you can check out their Facebook page. Hope to see you there, two weeks. With great pleasure, I bring you Pat Shields. <laughs> what is it, is it Pat or Patricia? Pat. Pat. Everybody yeah. knows you as Pat. Yeah. Anybody call you Patricia? Um, only really Your daughter call you Patricia school. when you annoy her, no? No, nobody calls you. <laughs> the son comes out with it now and again. Just annoy Just annoy me, you know. But mm. it reminds me of school too much, because <laughs> they would have called me Patricia. It's funny, my name's Robert, mm-hmm. and it's actually Robert John, so I'm nice in school. So if I haven't met anybody since school, All right, yes. it's random, because they call me Robert. Yeah. You know, as soon as I left school, I changed it to Robbie's, because I don't want to get stuck with Robert John. Yes, I know. So I'm sure it's the same, is it? Yeah, yeah. So did you do any sport when you were in school? Um. Well, I went to the Assumption Ballinhenge, so it wasn't um, sport. We had PE maybe once a week mm. and then um, I think we did a bit of dancing and they played hockey and uh, that was about it and yeah. then I played camogie um, for Saul um, for one summer and that was about it and that was that was the only sport I ever did. <laughs> there was, was there any exposure to sort of those type of sports when you were younger apart from I remember it was just sports day for us that was it. Yeah, sports day. Um, There's nothing really to encourage you into type of athletics. Or no, anything like no, that, absolutely was not. Nothing, mm. nothing would encourage me. Um, it was sort of like if you had time to play sport, then you had, uh, you didn't have enough to do. Yeah. And that's what that because I I was brought up on a farm, so if you had some some sort of activity outside, um, you know, helping out in the farm and things like that, you didn't have enough to do. Yeah. Although my, my, my dad and his brothers were all down players, so okay. that's why I was into camogie, just for a short while, but most of the time then you were just sort of pl- 
played in fields and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then when I um, when I was about eighteen, and then you get sort of <clears> wee bit, yeah, you notice people maybe doing a wee bit of jogging, or you see it on television, and they're uh, they're introducing aerobics and <coughs> things like that in the tech, and you think, well, I could do, I could sort of maybe improve my fitness and stuff like that. So. Um, my dad had said, uh, with him being a farmer, he had an electric fence. And um, what happened was, you know, when the cows grazed that day, then they went away and got milked. And then the electric fence had to be changed. So then I would have got my shorts on me, the t-shirt on me, away I would, would go. And then you had to take something like 20 steps, you know, um, and, you know, across the field. And uh, you had to do it in a, such a technique uh, that everything had to be straight and you had to make sure that you, you know you'd done your 20 steps. And then there got to be a stage then you thought, well, I could do this a wee bit quicker because the weather wasn't great. So you were doing it a wee bit quicker. So it was, when I think about it, it was with like yeah. intervals, you know, because you were running up to get the stick and back down again. This here. And then I went around then, had a wee cross country uh, up the fields um, so it was only about two miles and I would have done that and would have ran really, really hard. And when I got back into the house, I was exhausted. Just on your own? like Yeah, I just mm. did it on my own and then I would lay, lay down in the, on the floor because I was so tired. Mm. I was so exhausted. So I must have put a lot of effort into it, you know? It's, it's funny you talk about the electric fence. Um, my son's 11. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's hard to get him to go outside. Yeah. Because they're friends, aren't they? But I remember being at his age, getting the, the blade of grass. And you would you would rest it onto the electric fence, yeah. and it'd give you a shock, and it bounce oh, the grass yes, off. Oh yes, 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 it is. And just, yeah. Just as you were talking there, I was just uh-huh. wondering to myself. I wonder how many eleven-year-olds have experienced an electric fence. <laughs> I know because it is quite scary. Yeah, but they're all stuck yeah. inside now, aren't yeah. they? This oh, is one yeah. of those things that you done when you were younger. Yes, I know. These and you guys never don't. Thought anything they different. don't really go outside as much now at all. Like no. So, what what do you think your driver was back then for doing a bit of? crazy running around the field on your own um probably you just was there a competitive edge in your in yourself no, that you're trying to no, push yourself no or? nothing like that no i just wanted to just to try it out and see what it was like and it was just the way i was i when i grew up with my brother was a lot older than me and my sister as well so when they were doing their homework i would have been outside playing with the dogs and things and then i would have went on we nature ambles mm-hmm. and it was more into nature and looking at, um, you know, just bees. So you were an outside person? Yeah, actually, I was so, I suppose it was so odd. I actually would have sat in the, uh, the hen house and watch, just watched the hens, you know. Mm. So, uh, because I lived in the country, there was nobody to play with or anything like that. So that was just something that I did. And then when I started to work, I bought my car and everything like that. So then it was, then it was on the tiles, as I say. <laughs> I never thought of them for a while, you know. So what, what age were you then? So 18, you were sort 17, of... 17, 18. <clears throat> 17 or 18. Yeah, I started working when I was only 16. Okay. Yeah. And when was it then? Were you running before the running boom sort of actually happened? Like. No, no. I always... Um, was it something you drifted away from then? Because you went, as you said, on yeah. the tiles, you called it quite yes, calmly. Yes, yes. I was just, you know, you're... Because well, I, I know a lot of farm girls, like, that got a car. Mm-hmm. They were quite wild ch- children, like, to be yeah. fair. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say it was wild or anything. I just needed to get out. Yeah. You know, I needed to get out on a Friday night. And I needed to get out on a Saturday night. And I had a friend that, um, Judith, that lived in Caliph. 
not well it was about five miles from me so her and I took turns at weekends and where did uh, you go I uh, went to the Wilmer in Newcastle very good yes loved the Wilmer went to um, the Sleep Donard that had Cinderella Rockefellers and went through the disco era mm. and then we moved on from there and then uh, she went to university up in Belfast so then um, when she would have came home from the weekend then we would have head to the Wilmer so we were there for the Friday night was disco night and then Saturday night was the rock night yeah, so you're so. you're building a good base up then. Yes, even. yes, and, and <laughs> lots of new friends and things like that, you know. And Judith was the only friend that I've really kept in touch with, you know, from school. You know, her and I would be quite close now. So what what made you then drift towards running later on then? You came yeah. back to running. Can you remember the first time when you saw a bought a pair of running shoes? Yeah. Or you thought, I'm going to go... F- and actually try a bit of running now. Mm. Well, I started that when I was 40, 49. Wow. So that's, um, I was married for 23 years and um, I didn't run right through that. And uh, then my, my marriage broke up and my children were a wee bit older. Um, Mark and Anna, they were uni and John was at home. He was only 15 at the time. So then when my marriage broke up, I thought, you know, I have to go back to when I was happiest and um, the time that it was happiest was when I was uh, when, when I was 18 when I was only 18 mm-hmm. so that's how far I had to go back to when I was happiest yeah. I was happy bringing up my children because you know they were they're class kids and they still are and I'm very very close to them but I had to go back to where I was happiest where I was independent um, and did what I wanted to do. Because yeah. life does, life, life does swallow you up. Like doesn't it? Oh, We're all the same. Yeah. Like, I've, yeah. I have two kids there, and it's very, very busy. And you're living your life so much yes. for everybody else, really, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. Um, that's amazing though, because you're living such a totally different life. Like you've oh, totally yes. recolored. Oh yes, completely. Recolored it. Like. I had to change, and I, I, I changed, and it was easy to change. I felt it was easy to change. I just went back to the way I was. I felt I was living his life not my life. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I did. I just went back to my life. So talk to me about the yeah. first time you got a pair of running shoes. 49 then. 49, just It doesn't yes. feel as easy as it did when you were 18, when you first no, started off. No, no, no. I went out with my son <clears> and uh, I says, right, take me running. So um, he took me up the lane and up down the, in the middle Tullymore Road and I could hardly run t- 200 metres. Yeah. And I thought, I'm so exhausted here. I felt like a tightness in my chest, and and he was laughing at me. So went back home again, and then uh, I saw this article in the uh, paper, and they were looking for recruits, new recruits for Murloc. Wow! And there was uh, a girl that I used to live not far from um, June. You know, I would say when I was first married, and she was in the club girl called Anne, Markle, Anne McAlarney and uh, I thought gosh look at her and look how brilliant she is and she's done marathons and everything and I thought you know I could do that too so I went to the recruitment drive and there was gee there must have been about 20 people there and uh, on the Saturday morning and they brought us uh, along the, um, the board path and then onto the beach 
and then you've seen some of the Marlock ones who mm. were really good runners, you know, the re- you know, members and athletes. All. And they were, yes, they were running and raving how easy this is. And I thought, God, I'll never get to that stage. And I remember uh, Paul Madden taking us this particular Saturday, and he says to me, um, Why do you want to? No, he says to the girl beside me, Why do you want to run? And uh, she says, I want to do a marathon. And then he says to me, and uh, why you want to run? And I says, well, I just want to see how I get on. You know, this sort of thing. Marathons were just totally yeah. out of this, you know, out of the radar for me to do marathon was mm-hmm. unbelievable. And uh, and then I just, I just continued. But then I ended up with a, an injury, a sore knee, so I had to stand back again. But, but it was pretty brave. <laughs> it was pretty brave, though. Like, so you pulled your son out running. Yeah. So to speak, like... And you seen the advert in the club, and you thought to yourself, mm, "Maybe I wouldn't mind yes, going down that." Because yeah. usually I would have to try and coach people that step. Mm. It's not. It's not a natural step for people. No, it's you normally, not. Normally, you know, you know, when people are sort of reintroducing into running. Yes. Um, you know, you had quite a lot of confidence back then yeah. to actually go and. I think it's because of seen Anne's picture in the paper. You yeah. know, because I knew her and I knew... So she was a great inspiration. Yes, yes, she is. That. She still is. Yeah. And, um, did Anne just finish the six-wheel majors? Yes, she did. She did. Well yeah. done, Anne. Just throw that out there. <laughs> Anne Paula. Yeah, Anne Paula. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So... Um, I did Chicago with those two, I oh, think. Right. Or New York. Yeah. Can't remember. One yeah. of them. <laughs> I think it was New York. I did oh, with them. Class. Like, so. Brilliant. I oh, know, yeah. they were great girls. Brilliant. And so... Can you remember then signing up your first race? Yes, I was only in the club for a short time. I think I'd only done maybe one ten k. You know, not even a race, mm. just ran the six miles. And uh, there was a bit of a buzz around the club because they were going to the uh, Causeway Coast to do party bus. Yes, so party <laughs> bus. There was the ten k. There was the half marathon. I don't know who if anybody was doing the marathon, but we were staying overnight. So I thought, Brilliant. oh, happy days. And uh, so they says, um, I says, God, I'd love to do that. And they says, oh, get your name down. So it was sort of 40 odd pound or whatever to stay overnight. And uh, I got online and I entered it. And uh, so we arrived that morning. I can't even remember who was driving. What distance did you enter? The 10K, 10K. And uh, it's an unusual 10k because it's not really like you're bussed yeah. out to a particular place and then you were running in mud and then you were running up steps and stuff like that. So the, it was quite an odd first 10k. It was very hard actually. And um, But when I was finishing about a mile before the finish, you seen George Rowe and he was, he, I think he had done the half marathon and he had come on out. And was cheering every member in, oh, and I thought to myself, "This is unbelievable." So, Jared Rowe, he's from Murlock Runner. Yes. Also runs the Bond to Run. Yes, but he was at he was Murlock then, yeah. you know, and I thought to myself, "My goodness, imagine somebody cheered me in!" You know, mm. nobody's ever done that before, and I just thought, "This is just a wonderful club." Like it is a great club. Yeah. Murlock is a great club. It's, it's a very like. it's a very me- good members club. Oh yes, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And they're quite a, a social group as well. And oh, I really yes. enjoy that. So yeah. tell me how did that go when you went to Causeway Coast and you you oh. crossed the finish line for the first time? Oh, like, it was just unbelievable! It's just unbelievable! Like just, and when you stayed over, did you stay the night before, or the night after? No, the night after. And I remember, uh, spe- I always felt breathless. I couldn't really when you first um, run. It's hard to get that 
breathing rhythm mm. right so I was breathing in through my nose out through my mouth and doing this here <laughs> and um, uh, I remember uh, speaking to one of the guys and I says like how do you get over that and he says well it just comes naturally but you shouldn't be doing that you know yeah. and that's what I was doing the whole a lot time. of people I think focus I've done it myself as well trying to yeah. focus I can't get my breathing right you're just running too fast yes <laughs> it really is as simple as that you're running outside your skin a little bit yes yeah and because I don't think that breathing is breathing is something that will come naturally. Yes, like, you know, and you need to yeah. learn it. Learn yeah. it. But but do it. But people even saying that to you, you just think that's total madness. This is never going to yeah. come. You know, but it does. So the Causeway Coast is an amazing race, though, isn't yeah. it? Like it's, it's absolutely the scenery and everything. Oh, like so, you must. So, were you buzzing after that race then? Yeah, I was buzzing because of first of all what you when you're running and what you see as well. Like I had never been along the coast. It was just amazing. It was just because you know, that was a whole experience oh, now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like, because you've got the club, you're getting onto the party bus. Yes. You're going up for the night. Yes. It's that and then you're youthful get... excitement that yes. you used to get, like when you used to go out on Friday nights. Yes, that's right. And you get dressed up, and, <coughs> and you get... you're not wearing your running gear. You're getting dressed up. Everybody looks mm. normal, and a few drinks and uh, dancing and things like that. That's pretty awesome, like yeah. isn't it? Because it is. you can get lost in life. A bit, yeah. do you know what I mean? And uh-huh. actually, before you know it, you're not even going out on the weekends or things That's like right. that. So even when we done the Hill and Dales last night, even to meet in the pub afterwards. Yes. And get the crack and oh. get that pint of Guinness that you well deserved. Yes, absolutely. You well earned. <laughs> um, that whole sort of party atmosphere. So we've got London Marathon on this weekend. Yeah. And exciting. like... The nerves that you'll see on Facebook. Oh, no, oh, oh it's very exciting. No, we're flying over to London. Oh, yeah, we're at the expo. No. Oh, no. It's, and then in the morning time, you know, we're going to see all these photographs of everybody's yeah. kit. Or well, tonight, everybody's kit's going to be laid out oh, with yes. the numbers on the bed. Oh, no, and all I think of is like, them jammy kits, they're going to have some party after yeah, that. Like, oh. Isn't it? Because they do the run. Yes. And all those nerves will totally just disappear. Yeah. And then they can't wait to get mm. back. And then they're getting dolled up. Oh, yeah. And then they're all meeting to talk about their experiences of the day like you yes. know so see after the causeway coast then like yeah you obviously had a great experience yeah brilliant experience on that what made you pro- progress then further than 10k um jerry duffy um jared row brought Dur- uh, jerry duffy to um talk to the club okay. that's that's the guy who wrote who does run. yeah not who does runs yeah who does runs yeah yeah 32 marathon yeah. 32 days and um I was doing well in my running. I was really pleased with my running. And, uh, of course, then we had this inspirational runner coming to t- talk to us. So, of course, there was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, you know, excitement in the club. So he was going to be in the, um, in O'Hare's. And uh, East Down were invited. All the local clubs all were invited. Mm-hmm. And just sat down and listened to him. And he talked about his training and marathons and even about his life how he started running mm. and it was just like any normal sort you can of guy. really really relate to his story like oh can't my you? goodness it's like he, this ju- is he me. just draws you in completely yeah. and i thought mm-hmm, i could do a marathon i could do a marathon if i you know kept focused and things like that and uh, just so believe he, in he, myself. Was, he was really your next but because that's what it takes oh, yeah. just one little thing just sort oh, of yes all of a sudden it switches something inside yeah. you and oh. it gives you a bit of self-belief. Oh, completely. Mm. And um, the That's way he even, even explained it, he did it so simply. 
you know, yeah. he, and he wasn't boasting or anything like that. He was, you know, he was very, very sincere. Mm. And and he um, just go and do it. Just try it. Yeah. What, what have you got to lose? Yes, I was just, it was just unbelievable. But I was, I was actually preparing myself for a half marathon that year. Okay. And I Where was, was going in Barcelona. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> so I headed to Barcelona with a couple of friends, and uh, we've made a weekend of it. Brilliant. And um, but I had a stress fracture in my foot, <laughs> but I ran anyway. <laughs> and then I was out for quite some time after that. It is. It is difficult at the start because yeah. you don't really. You almost need somebody to wind you back because yes. we all go too quick. Oh yeah, I, I, I. Well, quick into it, like we, we're just like. <laughs> Every run becomes a race. Yeah. Um, but you can't tell anybody that, so just yes. forget about it. Just go ahead and enjoy yes. your injuries and get over them. Because <laughs> when we when we arrived in Barcelona on the Saturday, we went on the um, we just did a wee small walk around, and I was thinking, oh goodness, maybe I shouldn't be running this half marathon, and I definitely wasn't going to run it. Yeah. No. And then as the time came on, went on, I thought, you know, I'm just going to run it anyway. You know, I can run and walk and things like that, and worry about the consequences later mm. and that's what I did and uh, I loved it I really did my time was a bit rubbish like but, but you were out for quite a while after that yeah so out, I do want to point yes, that out yes you shouldn't oh, really no 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 don't, don't, don't do no, it like um, no don't be silly like me yeah because it can get it can obviously exaggerate it and oh, like yeah. a two months recovery can become nine months recovery oh, so you yes, have to be very a, very careful yes it was a long that. time you know people um, got people got, be listening to this saying listen to that hypocrite <laughs> <laughs> no, but don't do it, folks. Don't do it. No, no, absolutely not. Don't be, don't be silly. Don't yeah. be silly. I but that was we, amazing, though. Yeah. You know, it was amazing to all of a sudden find this new love for running again. Yeah. And to find yourself going to Barcelona with mates oh, yeah, and doing what you great. what you would love to have to done yeah. when you were younger. Oh do you know yeah, what I, mean? I always think back and think, I wish I had started running when I was younger. Mm. And the year I got married was the year that. Um, East Down was set up, Brilliant. you know, and um, but I didn't know that because I wasn't in the, the running yeah, yeah. hub. But now, when I look back on it, I can see that now, which is another you know? huge, great club. There's oh, so many clubs about here, though, yeah, isn't there? Akachokwin's fantastic, and Allison, yeah. they're all they're all fabulous. <clears throat> I would see them at um, the cross country all the time. So, so, see, when you come back then after your stress fracture, yes. Uh-huh. Um, did you listen to everybody when you were coming back? Physios? Oh yes. Did you went... go on a cast? No, no, I didn't no. have a cast on. Um, <clears throat> the uh, consultant had said I can do, um, I can't put any pressure on my foot, so I didn't do that. But he says I could use a cross trainer, so I got a membership for the Burndale, <laughs> and I went to the Burndale every day, Brilliant. every evening, and I was on that cross trainer for two hours. Wow. Two hours That's every fast. single day. Um, so you're quite determined then? Oh, yes, yes, because I was afraid of losing my fitness. Mm. It was just sort of panic, panic, panic. And so when I went back after the three months, then I was I just slotted in mm. pretty quickly. And did you find, like, the cross train is pretty good, like, I yes. have to say. Um, I would normally train heavy yeah. and just coming up to a race, I'll drop about six pounds. Yeah. Um, but I use the cross trainer to do that. Oh, right, okay. <clears throat> and I find it's really good for your aerobic fitness. Yes. You know, I would put the heart rate, the heart rate monitors on, the machines are useless, like, so I'd have heart rate 
strap on and just yeah. hold 140 beats of heart rate and just go. Yes. Um, but it's quite easy on all your joints. and. Oh, it is, because you're not putting pressure on and you're yeah. moving your arms as well. You're like, it's your arms that are moving the, your legs, really, yeah. you know, so you're... It's so any niggles, any niggles at all, like if you don't bike or anything, you know, it's a great option, yeah. isn't it, to keep your aerobic fitness sort yeah. of up, like, so good to hear that you have a bit of discipline as well, oh, yes. determination. Oh I learned that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it doesn't come easy. I'd like to say I've got the same, but people know me too well now, so yeah. there's no point. So you signed you. up then for, you listened to Jerry Duffy. Yes. He's an amazing guy, like, yeah. so we're going to get him on the podcast soon. Oh, he'd be brilliant. Um... Yeah. Um, so you came out of that and you thought, geez, I've heard that. I know Barbara Fleming's had Jerry Duffy up in your ear as well, mm. uh, along with Gary Hanlon and a couple of other ones, yeah. Paddy Hamilton. People were coming out of that and they were signing up for ultra marathons, yes, they were signing up for this and that, yeah. and Ironman, and we're like, everybody just went crazy after yes. listening to those, like yeah. whatever effect it had. I know, it was... So yeah, I was nearly into mar- uh, ultras as well. <laughs> so is that what step you took then when you came out after listening to them? You thought, right, I'm going to sign up for a marathon. Yes. So then the club then um, says, right, I think it was Paula and um, Susan had said, what about doing Paris? So, <laughs> so it was just like a red flag to me, you know, yeah. Ooh, I'd love to do that. So then I think there was, ended up, there was over 20 of us went. What year was Paris. that? I think that was 2013, maybe. Did you bring any application forms here, by the way, just when you're talking? <laughs> From Murloc. <laughs> this sounds class. Barcelona, Paris. Yeah. Cosby Coast yeah. party bus. Yeah. You're, paint, you're painting a great picture here. It's like so, Murloc tours. Yeah, so we... Um, what oh, year was that in? I, um, I, I think it was 2012. 2012, 13, I can't mm-hmm. even think. 2012, mm-hmm. maybe. I'm not sure. So that was exciting, though. It was very exciting. So it must have been a great... Because I know a lot of people now even training, starting to train for Dublin. Mm-hmm. And a few yeah. people aren't members of clubs and things like that. Oh, yeah. Um, but that must have been a really good, exciting journey because you're a member of a great club. Yes. With 20 people sort of taking that journey together. Yeah. And that must be the, good. And all the runs were organised. Yeah. So we were... Um, we had some uh, members that are very, uh, you know, they're very focused. good, very focused, um, very organised and have the plan in front mm. of you and all you have to do is follow it. So um, we would have uh, ran on a Saturday morning. Do you just went with the flow then? Yes. Oh, I, I always go with the flow and uh, uh, just arrived at that time. And then whoever would have said, right, the night before, maybe put it up on the Facebook page, you know, Murdoch Facebook page, we're doing such, we're going, doing this route. So you had an idea what the route was going to be. And you just made sure you brought your water, something to eat, and um, yourself. And, <laughs> uh, and being in good form. It's just as simple you know? as that, really, <laughs> Just like it? that. So then uh, we would Did you find yourself being nervous then, coming to your long runs on the weekend, or how were you feeling? No, I was excited? looking forward to them. Yeah, because yeah, I had a plan. Yeah. I knew exactly what I was going to be doing every Saturday morning. That's brilliant. And what time yeah. of year is Paris? Is early, is it? April, is it? Um, Paris is uh, something like the 26th of April or something okay. like that. Yeah, it's coming up shortly. So you're, start, maybe, you're starting, early on, in, or, starting yeah. early on in the year. It's always hard, right. I think, a spring 
spring yes. marathon is yeah. a bit harder, I think. We had to we had to start. I think it was just after Christmas. But we had to train through. Yeah. So the good thing about an East April type of marathon is it gives you good focus as well, yes, doesn't it? it after is. Christmas. It's like the, yeah, it's the start of the year. Yeah. So you're, you're focused. Can you remember your first long run? I'm assuming you went up to 20 miles, which generally yes. what people do. Yeah. Can you remember doing that for the first time? Or around that type of distance? How oh, that yes. Sort of felt? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was very, do you know, as the, um, as the miles piled on, like 16, you start to feel it. And you start thinking to yourself, oh my God. And you weren't really, I wasn't, I don't think I was eating properly before I even left. Yeah. You know, things like that. And then you would have maybe a wee bit to eat and maybe there was water stashed away and you were do- doing gels. You really didn't know anything mm. about gels. Can you think of anything you were doing then that you didn't, that was off the wall that now you, you wouldn't dream of doing? Well, probably uh, when I did the marathon, there's things I wouldn't do. Well, that in, I, in the training even. In the like training. Because I was horrendous um, at the beginning. I read all this stuff in the magazines. Yeah. And I used to drink blue Powerade. Like, oh, I, yes, that's right. And uh, Lucasade Orange. Lucasade Sport. And Sport, that's right, and yes. And it's so thick and goopy. Yes, and I would have had that. gels on top of it yes. and jelly beans and this and that. Yeah, you were just... You were just the rest of the day I was sitting shaking after the run. I was like, was that, that much sugar in me? <laughs> like, even after the run you were... Baron, this look as it's I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you know. And then you were dead for the rest of the day, you know. The weekend was just sort of a complete wash. <laughs> Flatlined. But you enjoyed you, you enjoyed the journey. Oh yes, I did. To Paris. Yeah, I enjoyed it because um, I enjoyed the crack. Everybody yeah. had a bit of crack. And you're when you're when you're running and training with a bunch, then you're moving from one person to the other, and you're hearing about their. What happened our week and what's going on about our kids and everything like that and i i enjoy all that yeah hub, it's good you know. social aspect yes yeah. oh very good it was class and then there would have been then the um really great runners and they would have their own wee bunch yeah. you know and they would be going a wee bit faster and all but you just you didn't think about time or pace or anything like that all you thought was as long as i get to the finish line mm. that's all you were worried about on the day of the marathon you weren't thinking when you were doing your training, you were thinking of pace. Mm. You were thinking of miles and getting the miles all in and finishing. And some days were better. Some Saturdays were better than others. You know, you your, your first marathon is such a different journey, isn't it? Like, oh, yes. You know, it's all about the distance and you're trying to get to like 16 miles or 18 miles. Yes. If you're lucky. Yeah. Some people don't make it that far. Because yeah. like, you get that many niggles yes. and stuff. Like, yeah. and. Um, every every weekend you're sort of hitting a new achievement as well, mm, isn't it? But it's yes. it's a nervous sort of it's hard work and you start yes now the day comes in like yeah you know. you're happy. so coming up to Paris then I'm only imagining the excitement and the nerves of twenty Murloc runners yes at the airport Dublin was it <laughs> um. Don't know. I can't so even remember. It was 2012 anyway. I can't even remember. I can't even remember. But you remember right. the expo in Paris? Yeah, I remember the expo. I remember arriving so at the... That was your first expo. Yeah, I remember arriving at the, um, the hotel and mm-hmm. having the hotel and all and then going to the expo and it was a fantastic expo. Yeah. And that's where I got my water bottles. Really <laughs> nice, tidy water belt. Really good one. And I uh, still have that. And that was very exciting. It's quite exciting because you're walking around. It's yeah. not. It's excitement there rather than nerves at that point because you're walking around the expo and there's all these. I love the expos. Like I eat for yes. a week. 
Yeah. Trying to save money and then eat all these cliff bars and Yeah, I know. Again I came out there shaking after the expo I've had that much freebies. And you're looking yeah, you're looking freebies, but I like I like the style. I like looking at the uh, yeah the new new stuff and stuff like that. So the morning of the marathon then? The morning of the marathon. I know marathon, I'm going back two thousand and twelve yes. but Well Jared had it all organised. Oh there you go. Yes. Jared had it organised, he knew exactly where we were to go and uh takes a lot of pressure off yes. you, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Having, that's one oh good thing goodness. about a club, you know, when they, they organise things like that. And yes. You just have to arrive, really, and make yeah. sure you've got your... Yeah. Did you put your kit out the night I before? I and... put the kit out <laughs> and we're on. <laughs> and sure took it's, 40 it's, photographs of it. You don't realise that. It's a whole ceremony that you go through. Oh, it is, that yeah. everybody's going to that's all through. preparation, because yeah. you don't want to wake up in the morning of the marathon and start trying to put a, a number on. No, you know, Because you're all sort of, ooh. And then all you're thinking of is... What will I eat? You know, in Paris. So you go down to breakfast, and Croissants. all you can see is ham and cheese and, <laughs> and rolls, and there's no porridge or anything like that. And you're just sort of, how much will I eat here? Which I yeah. probably had too much for a start. You and know? everybody says yeah. you don't don't do anything different on marathon day, <laughs> and you're in a different country, like you know, and you're like. <laughs> Even the night before, we had a big meal the night before, and yeah, and. It sort of like creeps up on you. You start doing all these things totally wrong. Oh, yes. And then Completely. before you know it, you're standing at the starting line going, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done yes. this, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I remember taking a jail at the start line and then running down the Champs-Élysées and feeling great at mile eight. Feeling absolutely brilliant. And then as the time went on, then you start to get a wee bit sluggish. And then you're sort of um, wondering whether or not you should stop maybe for... Uh, Something to eat, you know, the uh, water stations. Yeah. So in Paris, they've got they've got um, sugar lumps and they've got oranges, they've got bananas, they've got cake, <laughs> they've got all the frizzy drinks, and I must have tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tried everything, and I because I went into like I think I went into a bit of a panic mode, yeah. you know. Sometimes. I'd be running great, and then all of a sudden I hit the panic mode. Sometimes yeah. not so much now, like no, but, not now. I'm um, but better especially now. early on, and I had about twenty oranges one time, one after the other. <laughs> I, was like, ooh, ooh. I was running with these handfuls of oranges, and then and your hands are sticking. I remember this guy looking at me, just shaking his head. That's not going to do it, mate. And I'm like, oh. and I, I think know, it was I even taking sugar lumps and putting them in my mouth. I would never even dream of taking a sugar lump. <laughs> You just snatch at everything. I think Berlin, I ate like six bananas in one go. It was like, it's like mile 22. I need something to get me there. Like, it wasn't really going to happen. Um, but it is tough. Your first marathon's like, it's exciting and all that good stuff. Yes, like, it sounds like an awesome, an awesome marathon, though. Champs-Élysées, yeah. Eiffel Tower. Especially if you've, if you've never been to Paris. Yeah. It must be amazing like, to see those things. Well, I think that's the only thing I've seen. <laughs> No, I didn't. I, and next time, if I do Paris ever again, I'll make sure I look at everything. Lift your head up. Yeah. <laughs> all no. I could see was tarmac and bums in front. Yeah, of I was going to say because of the tarmac yeah. and all, it must be a warm marathon too. Because yeah. we're training like eight, ten degrees. Yes. You know, if you're lucky, you've yeah. had a good mile winter, um, and you go there because you're going even because London's always difficult this time of year. So always yes, we've got a great day tomorrow by looks yes. of it. Like, but yeah. it can hit like the mid twenties, but um. Paris is a bit more south from London again, yeah. so it's a bit warm. It's very warm. Well, we think it's warm, yeah. but um, 
the people from France that are standing with their <laughs> leggings on them and their hats and gloves on them beside you and you wonder, gosh, and then they're looking at you as if to say you're mad. You know, Do you remember what it felt like then, crossing the finish line for the first time? Uh, um, very, very difficult. I was relief. glad to say it. Yeah, really, it was relief. <laughs> Shock, relief. Shock, relief, just sort of. Never doing that again. Like, yeah. It's like, oh my God. You know, and I thought I was going to have this moment of, you know, utopia. <laughs> Crossing that finish line. No, you don't. Yeah. You just say. Oh, remember what time you did? Thank God that's over. Um, I think it was 4.27 or something oh, like that. That was, that was yeah, brilliant. It was good. good. First one, like. But um, because of the sugar lumps and the oranges, I had to stop the toilet for a couple of times. And at mm. one stage, I seen the 4.15 pacer going past. So it was pretty raging my band. Oh, there's <laughs> nothing worse like you're running. You're, you're doing great yeah. to that last 10k. Next, it's worse when like the 4.15 pacer goes by. At least you didn't let the 4.30. Yes. I've seen three paces go by me. Oh. I'm, I'm gone that much. Oh, and you're like, it's oh. terrible. There goes the 3.30, there's oh, the 3.45. No, it's, it's very disheartening. Oh, goodness, here comes it the 4-hour. And you're oh, like... No. <laughs> it is, it's very disheartening, very disheartening. Yeah, I can uh, feel and for you. Worse, yeah. worse than that, you start way ahead of them, so you know yes. actually you're not even 4 yeah. hours, you're 4.10 now. Yeah, you know you, you've had a bad run. Yeah, really. but it's part and parcel of it, yeah. isn't it? Like, and it's nobody, just... nobody can ever prepare you for it. And everybody has a different run to everybody else. Yeah. You know, I couldn't tell anybody what to do you have to find out what a marathon it's such, a, yourself, such really. an ind individual thing like and people oh, yes. will very quickly very tell you what you're doing right and wrong yes. but actually you know what's right for one person isn't right for the yes. next person like, yeah you have to learn yeah quite a humbling oh, experience isn't it when you're, you're, you're going through that like you'll get yes. it all the way through especially near yeah. the end because everybody's going through that pain yeah i but think everybody, everybody i think everybody who wants to do a marathon should go and watch a marathon yeah i agree with and that. watch the end mm. And you can see how humbling it really is. Yeah. You know, it's Especially fun. with about a mile or two to go rather yes. than just the finish. Because the finish, yes. everyone gets a spurt of energy from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somebody like, phew, passes you like God, we're, we're there. Like, yeah. But a mile or so in, you done Dublin? I did Dublin. That's where you um, got your PB in, was it? Uh, I did Dublin twice. So the second time I did it, I got sort of like... Um, 4.20 or something like that. I can't really remember those. Yeah. I shouldn't remember them, but I can't. Loved it, loved it, and went home that evening. So then the next, um, that was fine, I enjoyed it. I was really sore the next day, I could hardly walk down the stairs. And But it wasn't, you know, it was my first time doing Dublin, and I loved the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, But it was okay, it was fine, because of, I think because of the training with um, Paris was so much fun. And then when you did Dublin... It got a bit more serious. Yes, it got a wee bit more serious and the joy was out of it and things mm. like that. So then um, the next marathon then I did was the Moore Way. Brilliant. So I loved the Moore Way. Um, totally different experience. Yes, it was class. And it was lovely going out every Saturday morning into the mountains and things like that. There's no real pressure on it, is it? No, it's there's finishing. no... It's yeah, it's just a, yes, an endurance. Line. It's an endurance. Yeah, just grinding yeah. through. like And getting run down that hill. To make sure you don't wreck your ankle. Oh, yeah. It's one of the best finishes oh, yes. in a marathon. Like, cause yeah. It's a long drag coming through Cabroni. You know, it's like difficult. five miles there. Flat. And it's meant to be flat. They yeah. keep popping up all these bloody hills all the yes, time. It's meant yes. to be downhill. Yeah, but it's flat ground. Yeah. You know, but it's, it's... And then all of a sudden you can hear oh, the, the Tannoy 26th yes. stream. 
and you come out in front of the cafe yeah. and it's all downhill, lovely soft grass. Oh, it's, that, there's, that's a really good feeling, so it is, and the, the weather was fantastic that yeah. day too. Beautiful. So how many marathons had you done then? So that was my third. Your third altogether. How many yeah. have you done in total now? I've done five. You've done five? Five, yeah. So that was brilliant. Yeah. And with all that then, was it just marathon running you were doing then or were you focused on, did you pull back for a 10k PB or half marathon? Yeah, I was doing 10ks as well. I think I did a, a, a 10k. I did Jimmy's and I did it in 46 minutes. So that was wow, my so that best. was phenomenal. Like. Yeah, I was really pleased with that. Because I never, I usually mine would have been 50 and then 49, 48. I never went yeah, down to 46. Yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah. So t- 2014, then I did um, Dublin. Brilliant. Again. Cycled quarter past seven on the bike, the road bike to, into Newcastle. Met Colm, put my, my bike into his car and up. I would have maybe 17, 18 miles, no problem. Got my car. Got back in my car and had something to eat. We would have scone or whatever after the, after the train. I took my bike out, went to Little's, did my shopping in my rucksack and then cycled home again. Brilliant. Like, no problem. <laughs> now when I think about it now, what yeah. the hell was I thinking about, you know? But that was brilliant though because yeah. you, were at, you were at a level, you know, you had really good fitness. Yes. That you were able to do this. Yeah, but and this, you, this was cross training. You knew yeah. you could do this, like, and, yeah. and you actually, you were enjoying it, and you knew it was going to benefit you. Yeah. And it's something, like, if you'd look back, like, five years before, ten years before, there's no way you would have thought, oh, no. just imagine cycling all the way there, and no. then doing... even cycling the bike, no way. Yeah. <laughs> so it's great you were at that I place. Love it. Yeah, I, I And you got a PB then, back. in Dublin that I year. I got a Dublin, uh, yes. Um, I got a PB, and... Uh, Carol and Jane were there and they sh- shared it over that Nicola had seen my time and said it came in at 3.57. I was so pleased with that. So I got in um, in, in time because all I could think was when um, you're finishing, somebody shouted the four mile pacers behind us. Yeah. And then you're really, really rushing. There was people holding on to each other, you know, bringing them across the You know, it was, very, it was like a panic. Yeah. And uh, so I got in for my, my four hours and then you were shooed away you had to get out of the road you know you so know. you 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 went on a brilliant journey there yeah from 49 sort of changed direction oh yeah totally. i was completely a changed person you're really on top form now. Yeah. You know, you're running the sub four hour yeah. marathon you're cycling to your training <laughs> like you're in real good form yeah. you're really confident in your running oh, yeah. and you knew there was a lot more in you yeah you know even though i've ran 357 i'm on a my journey here. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get better than this. Oh yes. You know what I mean. You can tell that you're, you're just progressing and progressing and progressing, and then at the start of 2015, then you received some news. Yeah. Well, I was doing. We continued with our long runs, so we were doing like, only 15. So you really. It's fair to say. <laughs> it's fair to say that you had the running bug. Like, it's yes, fair to yes. Say that. And we're. I was sort of looking. I was looking again then at doing the morning way again. And I was thinking of Belfast, you know, things like that in my head. And then um, I woke up one, I was going to bed one night and uh, I had been to a couple of mammograms, um, I think 2011, 2012. I had this like wee pea size um, lump and always got it checked out. Um, two years in a row, I got it checked out and it says, no, everything's yeah. fine, it's okay. So then I... Um, one night I thought, oh gosh, that's a bit strange. That's a bit of an unusual 
feeling there or whatever and uh, didn't sleep that night and got my, my bus to work, I work in Belfast and, uh, and as soon as I got in there I thought you know you shouldn't be here you know. Um, spoke to my line manager and rang the hospital or rang my doctor and it was like press one for emergency or press two for appointment and press one for an emergency mm. and that's how I felt I thought this this is an emergency and they told me yes come down straight away so I says well and in Belfast it says well just get on just get on uh, just get on the bus and when you arrive the doctor will see you so I spoke to my line manager and says I was just going for a checkup, and I was worried, and uh, so I got on that bus and uh, all sorts of things were going through my mind and having a weep to myself, and I went in and um, the doctor examined me and she says no I think everything's okay I think everything you just it's just a cyst don't be worrying about it um, and so she put me to rest she says. Mm. Right, you'll get an appointment in two weeks' time. So everything was all back to normal. I was fine. The doctor says everything was hunky-dory. And uh, went back to work the next day. says, everything's okay. Just have to go for a mammogram in two weeks' time. So the appointment came. And um, my daughter rang me. And she says, Mum, do you fancy going out for lunch? You know, it was a work. And she says, I said, sure, I've got this mammogram to go to in the city. You know, and she says, sure, I'll go with you. And I says, yeah, happy days, you know. Mm have a get a wee bit of a catch up and stuff like that so we were sitting in the waiting room and it was of course it was bunged loads of people there and um then the doctor seen me and examined me and uh, then had to wait for the mammogram went in and got the mammogram and uh, then they told me just to get changed got changed went back again to see the consultant and they says to me why are you sitting there you're supposed to be getting a biopsy done. And I says, well, they told me to go and get changed. No, no, get back over there again. So then they did this biopsy and, um, you know, that took a while. And, you know, they were very nice, but it seemed to be there was a wee bit of a concern. You mm. had that atmosphere. And then the guy who t- did the biopsy, he sort of rushed out through the door. And I thought, this is a bit unusual. So the cells get changed. And I'm talking about, I'm going back, like, and there are three hours now. And it got changed. And um, Anna and I sat down and we're talking. And the waiting room was practically empty. And then a few people were going in to see the consultant. And other ones were going down the corridor. And I says, if I have to go down that corridor, there's, there's something wrong. There's something seriously wrong. And uh, the nurse came out. And she says, would you come with me? And next thing, going down the corridor. I couldn't believe it. I just says, this is it. And um, It's quite unexpected at that point, oh, after the reassurance you absolutely. got from your doctor. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, so I went in to the waiting room and the consultant was sitting there. There was a nurse there. There was a junior doctor there. And there was somebody else. It was seemed to be packed. The room seemed to be packed. And then Anna and me were in it. And then the doctor just says, well, we have found something. Um, looks as if it's cancerous. Um, 1.7 centimetres. She says, it's, it's small. Nothing to be worried about. Um, uh, and I says, well, do you know, what does that mean? And she says, well, it could, you know... 
I'm saying that you've got cancer but it has to go back to be um, confirmed and um, and I said but this, this is daft you know because I'm really fit you know mm. I've done marathons and I, I am feeling my best and uh, she just sort of just nodded at me she says don't be worrying about it don't be worrying about it it's only she says it looks as if it's the just grade one you know you'll be fine and um, and then she turned around and she says and the breast cancer nurse even the word cancer was just sort of oh my mm. god I can't believe this the breast cancer nurse will um, show you your um, your plan your care plan and uh and she'll take you down the corridor and explain it to you. And then everybody, you know, wished me well, went out. And Anna, Anna and I were just sobbing. And I thought, oh God, So Anna's. much shock. And Anna's sitting there and, you know, and she was only, like, Anna's was only in her early 20s at the time. And I thought, this is terrible. You know, this is absolutely mm. terrible. And all you think of is death. You know, when you hear cancer. You just cancer, think the worst. Yes, you think of the worst completely. So then um, my, my friend Grania from the club, she had been diagnosed and she was going through chemotherapy at the time. So that was the only other person that I knew that had breast cancer. So there's an element of assurance then knowing somebody. Yes. Some knowledge. Yes. I'm only assuming how isolated that must feel. Oh, completely, yes. And then the, then the, the, um, describing it to you. And then when I says to her, the, the consultant, um, was it the cyst? And she says, no, it was the, the it was the, the pea-sized lump that was cancerous that I had went to see mm. two years in a row about. The other was just a, it was a cyst. The doctor was right, it was just a cyst. It was the other that was the, the problem which I had from Mark was only a baby. And, it, the, mm. and I went to see it then and they, um, didn't take it away. If they had taken it away, maybe yeah. it wouldn't have came back. But it was just faster. Mm-hmm. And um, it's very that's an important point, though, isn't it? Though, because we so rely on doctors and their advice. Yeah. And we have to do that. You yes. know, they're professionals. Oh, yes. But it's not wrong that if you have any suspicion to get a second opinion oh, or no. go and see somebody else or no. you know just to get some really good reassurance because. They're only human, and they make these decisions, which are life decisions, really. Yes. And At the end of the day, you have to look after me. Y- you, you know, you, really you have do. to look after yourself, and that's what I learned. You have to look after yourself, mm. and no matter what, if you're embarrassed about it, or you don't want to annoy anybody, or take their time up, you know, mm. it's all about yourself. Because you, have to you acted yourself. very, very quickly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Some oh, people, yes. some people might be a bit self-conscious. Yeah, wouldn't go and say and about that. And say, oh, you know, it's not on this. Yes, they don't want to know. Yeah. Especially men. Yes. Men are horrendous for us. We're terrible for it. Like. Yeah. Um, and, well, everybody, to be honest, not just, yeah. just men. But it's worth getting it checked out. Oh. You're better off leaving them embarrassed than... Yes, because it's treatable. And if it you can, get it early, yeah. it's treatable. And that's, that's the most important thing. If you leave it too long, you know, it's going to be harder to treat. Mm. You're going to go through um, a lot more aggro and things like that and... So that was like getting yeah. hit with a cricket bat slightly. Yes. You know, what I mean, you're flying. You're you've you've recolored your life. You've you know you you're so fit and healthy. Yes. Yeah. How, how can this be me? Like, yeah. How can it? It be was me? just like somebody sort of saying, "Stop," just mm. like that. Just stop. 
and I had to stop and just think, oh my goodness, you know, this could this could happen to anybody, mm-hmm. anybody at any age at any age, and um, it's quite scary, isn't it? Yeah, right. It's it's the word cancer when people mm-hmm. when they say cancer to you, it's just as if a film goes right through, goes over your whole your whole body, and you think, you know. Life's changed because in today's society we still do sort of hide that, don't we? Like if you think of like children's cancers mm. and things like that, you don't know, you don't see anything of it. Yeah. And this, which means there's such a lack of knowledge then. Yeah. And that's yeah. what makes it so isolating then for people, because all we know of cancer is, like the worst. Yes. Yeah. Do you know it what I mean? You don't know what people are going through. Mm. You have you you would you wouldn't know. Um, what it's like until you actually experience yeah. it. So how do you find, because then you went to chemotherapy, obviously. Yeah, but at that stage I didn't know if I was going to get chemotherapy because it says it was of the size. And then when um, I went, you have to get these, no, you, first of all you get the lump removed. And then they then take maybe one or two nodes out to see if they're cancerous, mm-hmm. that are just underneath your armpit. And... Um, so she, they were sort of saying to me, you know, we don't think it has spread. But when they did take the nodes out, they found a tiny bit of cancer. So that means as soon as they see cancer in your nodes, get chemotherapy. Okay. That's it. So um, that was another even, shock. Yeah, an even bigger worry then. Yes. Because all of a sudden it's not just this pee. No, it's just not just this little pee that's going to be taken away and yeah. happy days. But now it's moved and you know it's like a river you know your body is just has all these just so different vestibule, yeah vessels and and veins and everything like that and it's just like a river you know it just carries things right around your body mm-hmm. you know so um so I had to go back in again then and uh, get the nodes out so they took 20 odd nodes out and um and then it was then the chemotherapy which was, you know, you just, all you can think of is people being sick and um, losing their hair and um, just struggling, really, mm-hmm. having a really bad time. And uh, so my daughter came with me. She, she, she came to every appointment that I had. My Anna was absolutely brilliant. You know, Anna grew up and I grew up. Mark grew up and John grew up. We all grew up, mm. you know. We all matured over that time, and uh, the uh, she came with me at every appointment and every chemotherapy treatment. So it I didn't even know what chemotherapy was. I didn't even know what how they would do it or anything like that. But when you go into that Bridgewater to get your chemotherapy, it is absolutely packed. My opener. Complete. I there isn't enough seats in the room. And there's people that are worse off than others. Some people are really, really bad. And others, you know, they're looking well and you're wondering, is that a wig or not? They're wearing, you know, it, it looks so... It's not nice, like, is it's it? It's not nice. But before you go to chemotherapy, they st- they give you an, uh, um, a letter to say to go and get your wig. So that's a, that's a big thing, you know, because mm-hmm. somebody's basically saying preparing you you have to go and find your wig before your hair falls out so that was uh, a big thing and I was I had short hair and I had started to grow my hair so that really annoyed me because I I knew I was going to lose the hair and uh, 
So then I decided, well, the wig I'm going to get is going to be the wig, a long wig. So I got this long wig, like in a bob, not far from what I have now. And uh, and I love my wig. I really like my wig. But because um, as soon as you put on your wig, you were like transformed. You weren't that, <laughs> you know, you got the eyebrows on, the makeup on, get the clothes on. You looked really good. But 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 before that, like you looked just completely yeah. washed out. But um, that's what they do. They give you your your letter to go and get your wig in uh, Macmillan. And they're lovely. Macmillan are really, really good. And I got a great wig. So came home with that. And uh, it was really funny because uh, the day I got my wig, my Anna would be strawberry blonde. And she put my wig on. <laughs> <laughs> and she... Uh, she sent a photograph to somebody to say that she changed her hair colour and all. <laughs> you know, it's you know, you can take laughs out of it yeah. as well, you know. It was serious, but it was you have to ha- you have to have a laugh now and again, you know. And we did have laughs. Her and I had laughs because she is so so she's so much fun. Um, it's, it's, impo- it's important to have that around you in those oh, times, yes. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like she was awesome, like Oh, she was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. She was my you know, she was my walking stick, you know, she was my confidence and everything. She was fabulous. And um, so we went to uh, the chemotherapy. So went into Bridgewater, seen everybody. You had to get your your bloods done. You had to go away to see if your bloods were okay to get to chemotherapy. So that was a worrying thing Mm. because you could have been all prepared to get your chemotherapy, looking forward to it because this was the next cycle. And then they turn around and say, sorry, you can't get it today because there's something wrong with your liver or there's something wrong with your you know, something else, you know, and, um, so that was, you were in a diner, but most times you were sort of upbeat, you know, I'm going to get my chemotherapy today, and, uh, and one more cycle, I've only five more cycles to go then, and then four more cycles, but the chemotherapy is weird, because you're, you have to, um, to start, and, um, putting your chemotherapy from the, from your wrist, and then working as the weeks go on, then working it up, like mm. that there so uh, it, the nurses were lovely and plenty of chatting and things like that lasted for about an hour strange sort of feeling when you get um and how, how did you cope with that do you find that going into that being in such great shape mm-hmm. helped oh yes helped oh yes because yeah you know before you're 49 you know, you, you didn't have that level of fitness no, I and was... all of a sudden your body's in a good shape yeah. to cope with. Yeah, because, that. well, the way I look, well, once you start the chemo and you sort of get yourself focused and um, another thing really helped me was um, before I started the chemo I, or before I went in for the operation, I didn't tell anybody mm-hmm. I was going for my operation because um, they hadn't really confirmed how bad it was. And I remember going um, out on the Saturday run with the Murloc ones and Michael Parr said to me, Pat, uh, you've got a good fridge in Dublin. And that means that you'll uh, get a, uh, an entry into London. I said, God, that's brilliant. And I says, um, I mightn't be able to do it for a couple of years. And he says, why, why not? And I says, oh, well, I've got, you know... I have a thing coming up and, you know, I'm not sure about it. I don't want to talk about it. And um, so he says, well, you can always defer it. 
you know, but look into it. Look into it because if you're in four four hours at um at your age, you get a, a good for age. So that was a sort of like a um that helped me, believe it mm. or not. That was a wee bit of um encouragement it's for a me. Target. Yes, it was a target. And it was a bit you, of comfort. It was a bit of comfort and it was um you know, I I could do it. I was actually going to do it the day, the the year after I was getting the chemo. That's how silly I was, you know. But I, I left it then for another year. But uh, got to, uh, got through my chemo. So the chemo is eighteen weeks. You've got six cycles, and it's every three weeks, and that's the same as a marathon plan. Okay, a different type of training plan. A different type of tra- training plan, but um, the same mentally, the same mentally, and. Uh, Except, um, you're on your own. Basically, mm. you you don't have you don't have a lot of people around you. You have your Alan, Mark, and Joel. And they were they were they were my wee unit, and we kept uh, your circle. Yes, and uh, so the training plan was that you know you st- you had your chemo on the the first week, and um, you were full of steroids. You got all these steroids the first week, so you were flipping, jumping off ceilings and stuff like that. I remember <laughs> us even having a squat, uh, <laughs> a squat test, you know, this sort of competition in the kitchen and stuff like that. That's how crazy it was, you know, because you were, you were so full of energy with all these steroids in you. And then the second week, then you had to watch that you didn't get the cold, because if you got the cold, that meant you wouldn't get your chemo, okay. you see. So then after 10 days, you were like, as if you had a hangover the whole time. And then, and the curtains were closed. And then on the 10th day, somebody just opened the curtains and you felt back to normal again. It was such the way it is, completely weird. Mm. And then you were sort of preparing yourself then for uh, the next cycle, you know. So you had to, the first week was steroid week and feeling groggy. And you, you got so many, you got actually so many tablets that didn't prevented you from being sick and things like that. Mm. And you just had to really look after yourself. Um, there was actually days that I would have went out and had a maybe a three mile run and things like that. You know, if it felt good. Um, on the second week, you just had to watch, not mixing. When you went out shopping, you had your um, hand cream. And hand things. cream. You were washing all the time. You were making sure you didn't touch the toilet doors and everything like that. Mm. You were really super, super. Um, careful of not getting any infection and then the third week was then the curtains opened and you were ready and that's when I would have went back to Murdoch training on the third week so I would have went back I was the slowest actor you know but I didn't care I was out with them and everybody was so lovely yeah so then um then they say to you then um you know after 10 days your hair will start to fall out so after 10 days, my hair was fine. I didn't feel any hair coming out. And then after, I think it was the 14th day, I got up and I must have put my, my, my hand to my, my head. And next thing was, I got this big lump. And that's what it is. It's just mm. as if you've just taken, it's like, um, you know, it's really weird. It's just, you know, just loose hair and you just lift it like that there and there it is in your hand. So then you, you when you're showering, then it drops onto your that shoulder. That must be emotional, though. Yeah, you know, that was. That, losing your like... hair is terrible. But um, I made an appointment with my hairdresser, Francesca, and um, 
hi sis, Francesca, I need to come in, come in and I want you just to take my hair away completely. And she says, yeah, come on in. And um, Barbara's sister had had breast cancer, she had died. And um, my hairdresser, we have, a, it's like a wee family as well, my hairdressers, we, we know we, each mm. other and there's always plenty of good crack and things like that. And uh, she says, no, Pat, come on in. And she got, uh, she says, what do you want me to do? And I says, just take it off. So she left about an inch, not even an inch, maybe a half, uh, half an inch around my head. And then I felt better. I felt I made a really good decision. You know, I felt right and ready. This is not... Took control of it could, rather yeah, than it just... Yes, I took control of it. And uh, I felt good. And uh, I says, right, this is the start of it now. I've done this 14 days now. All I have to do is focus on the next cycle. And and that's what I did. I just focused on the next cycle. I did what I was supposed to do. Um, the, the first week you can't eat. But ever, all food tastes like cardboard. There's like a taste in your mouth. And um, you don't feel great at all, mm. to be quite honest. You feel pretty groggy. But, you know, as the weeks go on, then you... you sort of pick up again and then it's the next cycle so you're you're just counting down mm -hmm. the weeks and that's what you're doing with your marathon training and you've got to, you have to go through hard times and and you go through good times and you feel some days are better than the other and um and that's what I did and I had my focus of I'm going to do that marathon that's one thing I'm going to be doing is that London marathon and that nobody's going to take that away from me because I am going to do it and I'm going to do it for cancer research. That's all that was in my head right the whole time. And Anna, uh, we went to the, uh, she was always there and every, uh, you know, at every chemotherapy, she was, she was just wonderful. She's a wonderful girl anyway. And John was always there when I came home and Mark, he was in London. He would be on the phone to make sure it was okay, you know. So after you finish the chemotherapy yes. sessions then and they've gone back and you have to go back for retesting yes and you come back with the all clear then yes so you have to, uh, to I finished chemotherapy in November and then you have to wait something like a month and then you start radiotherapy re, uh, so that's every day for 31 days so then um, when January came you're you're, as soon as you stop chemotherapy your hair starts to grow back and that was another thing I was wanting my hair. That was another focus was my hair. And then when I got to finish the the radiotherapy, then I wanted them to start back running again. <laughs> I know. And I, I was even running through my chemotherapy, but the, the nurses would have said, no, that's good. If you feel like doing that, do it. So do you find being part of the club then helped through that period yes. as well? Because you've... Yeah. The club's brilliant from a running perspective of being such a great support group. Because yeah. it is one just big, massive support oh, family, yes, isn't it? it is. The club. Yeah. Um, did you find then that, that that helped as well when you were going yes. through that period? Yeah, because I had Grania who had went through the chemotherapy mm. and she had went through the radiotherapy and, you know, and she, she would have visited me, came to see me. And loads of people would have sent me messages, people came to visit. Mm. I would even went to visit them. You know, I would have, I bought a car. <laughs> That's what I did. As soon as um, I had to get a car because I had to go to radiotherapy, so I had to buy myself a car. So I got rid of. Well, I still have my bike, but that's what I did. That was the reason why I bought a car, and uh, then I started then running again in January, and I was running with my um, my headscarf on. Can you remember your first race back? 
Um, well, I was training to for um, Carlingford Half Marathon. That year? Yeah, wow. so I did that in March. So, so how finished. did that feel though? Because that must have been amazing. Yes. Because it's almost like a bit of a full circle. Because I know obviously you didn't, you weren't in the same place. Yes. You couldn't be. After yeah, going no, through, your no. body gone through an awful yes. lot. Yes, well you've poisoned right through your body yeah, basically. Yeah. You so, know. And the treatment can be worse than the actual... Yes, but the treatment, you have to get into your head, the treatment is your friend. Yeah. It's not, it's the cancer's your enemy, the yeah. treatment is your friend. Mm. So you have to just put up with it. And once, once it's over, once it's over, that's you sort it, you know. Uh, this is a stupid analogy. I always come out with stupid analogies, yeah. but I always think the same with hills. <laughs> yes. You know, this, yeah. no, matter, no matter how hard it is, you know, this this hill is healing me. <laughs> yeah. It's making me stronger. Yes, that's it's right. Actually, it's, it's trying to give me strength. Yes, do you know that's what, what I mean? you have to do. Yeah. And if you can focus it that way, then it yeah. makes it easier to endure, doesn't it? Yes. Because well, it's actually there to help you. Yeah, and the marathon helped me through my... You know, the marathon training helped me yeah. through my chemotherapy. So that's phenomenal then, because you mm. came full circle then. Yes. And then 2017, wow, you're at the starting line of London Marathon. Yes. Like, it's almost as if it was put there by fate. Yes, yes. Isn't it? Yeah. It's like, okay, you've been given this bad news, but yeah, this is waiting for you at the yes. other, other end. Yeah. So I started, uh, finished the, the radiotherapy in 2016, ran Carlingford Half Marathon. I think came in at one fifty seven, which wasn't too bad. Oh, it was okay, and uh, then um, I did the Hill and Dale. Wow! I did eleven. No, I didn't do eleven. I did something like nine or ten of the races, and I got uh, inspirational runner. Um, I got the prize That's at the Hill and Dale. Because they are, they're hard. Yeah, they're Picking really hard. for that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I love the Hill and Dale. Yeah. I love the Hill and Dale. I did the year before. I love the 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 whole. Uh, it's really really hard. The start line is very nerve wracking, mm. and it is very hard going up those hills. But see the finish line and seeing everybody cheering you on and that just that you must, atmosphere. You must have it was felt great. Awesome though. Do you yeah. know what I mean? That you really are this strong force of a woman. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? That you. I know, you must have didn't, I know you must have didn't feel like yourself, but you've yeah. overcome. Yes. You feel like you're overcoming this now. Yes. And that that's, you've gone through the training session, you've done that, you've dealt yeah. with that the best you can. And now it's about building yourself back up. And now, like, you know, you've done a half marathon like, to start off with, and <laughs> yeah. then you're doing the Hill and Dales. You don't make it easy for yourself. No, I don't. No, but I don't, I don't know why. Having a clue why I'm like that, you know, but that's the way I, have, yeah. I, I get something in my head and say, no, I'm going to do that. You know, I don't Very strong think, determination. Yes. I, d I don't even know if it's that I don't, mm. or madness. I don't know what it is, but it's just that's just the way I look at things yeah. and do things. And um and I just I just loved I just loved the Hill and Dale. Just I really enjoyed the atmosphere and things like that. And uh, and I like the crowd, the Murdoch crowd that go to mm. it. And it's rough and ready. Yeah. No, you don't need to be all you just go and do it and it's just and that's it, like... get stuck in. Yeah. For 2017 then, you'd done the London, you'd done it for cancer, cancer as well. Cancer research, like, yeah. And you talked about McMillan nurses. Yes. Like, you couldn't speak enough of how much the charities oh. sort of fund them and how much they support people. Oh, absolutely. Because they really are. It's, there's not much information out there. We don't know anything because you're not yeah. really exposed to it. But they really do help you through that. Like, yeah. you know, and like the fundraising is so much needed for those. Yeah. Well, the Macmillan um, uh, building is um, just outside the city hospital. 
So you can go in there and have a cup of coffee. Mm. There's uh, there's yoga. There's all sorts of th- um, things to do. There's even there was even a makeup, um, you know, a day that you just went in and they give you a pile of makeup and showed you how to put on makeup. You know, it was class. It was brilliant. Yeah. I went to yoga. Um, there was always somebody to chat to. Um, because if it wasn't there, yeah, it, it makes it a lot more difficult. Yes. difficult, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, without a doubt. Like. It's just it's, it's so much support, mm-hmm. and people like you know you you are part of a, a group, you know I'm a, you know I had cancer and I'm part of that group now, you know and um you just have that sort of feeling connection a connection, and then they look after you and then it's Action Cancer that look after your family, so if you if your family need any help. You go to Action Cancer. Mm, As I go to Action Cancer. That's brilliant, that's, mate. Yeah. So make sure you throw your pains in the bucket when you see people like yes. oh, street collection. Yes. And um, cancer affects yes. one and two of us now. Yeah. So yeah. It's just You know, it's very close to everybody. So you done London anyway. Yeah, I did that. London. I trained for London and um I did it with a couple of You done a brilliant girl. time in London as well. Was yeah, it four oh seven? Was it? 406 Four oh six thirty. Four six, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're a marathon runner here, Daphne. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I did that, I trained for that. Um, I did that with um, a couple of girls from Michelle and Nicola from Murlock and also um, Joe McCann as well. So they were they were training for London and so I, I trained with them as well. How did so that, that finish crossing the line? That was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm. It was just, I met a tractor in my late, tractor McGuinness, and I thought, and I thought I, I would be able to run with her, but then I had to drop off and go to the toilet, and then I missed a tractor. I was, do you know, I felt I could run with, city yeah, I could, I could run with a tractor, mm. you know, her and I could finish this together, you know, but those things don't happen. Um, did you reflect after you finished London, like on how far you'd come? Yeah, yeah, you just... You know I mean, did you feel amazing that you'd actually... Because you had that... Yeah. I London just, Marathon was a part of it the whole way through, yeah, really, wasn't it? London Marathon was, but even the um, the fundraising. Because mm-hmm. I had uh, I had a quiz. I went around, all the, uh, went around the town in Newcastle and got fantastic prizes. Got something like 30 prizes for the quiz and the anchor. And I got really... I got Huge fantastic, score. yeah, brilliant support. And then um, I had a big um, coffee morning at work. And uh, I work in the civil service and the permanent secretary came down. And he had coffee as well. And uh, I made loads of money with that. And then I had um, a trolley full of prizes. And went round the building and got money for that. So, you know, I had my good for age. And, and I had then the fundraising money. And it was the fact I was... It was the fact that I was running, you know, anybody could, anybody can run a marathon. They can if they put their mind to it. But to tell somebody with cancer that, yeah, you could, you could run this marathon, you know, Mm. there's no reason why you can't. And that's what I, I wanted to tell people that I, you know, nothing can throw you out out of your focus. You know, you can do anything. My mum used to say to me, Pat, there's no such word as can't, you know, and now I realise what she meant by that you know there is no such word as can't and I was just I am going to do this and I'm going to do it for every person that has cancer here and I'm going to show them you just don't lie down you fight this 
because that's what it is. It's a bit like the devil. The cancer is mm. the devil, and you don't want you don't want any association with it. But some people, you know, I'm lucky. Mine, mine was caught early. There is lots of people that it, it isn't, and there isn't one day that goes past that I will not think that cancer is going to come back to me. I think of that every day. Does that every make you day. then enjoy as much? Oh yes, yes. Do you find that it's made you a stronger person? Yes, I going think. Going through that. Yeah, I think it has. I think I have become a stronger per- person from when my marriage broke up. You know, mm. I, f- I feel I've I, I've changed from I was. Then, I'm totally different. A, do, a totally different pe- person. Really. But running does that. I think. I think there's so many people. Yeah. Has that? So many people have that story. Yeah. You it's know, totally I, I can relate to it myself. Yeah, it's, an it's amazing. amazing. Path. It's so hard at the beginning. Mm. You know, it's so hard, and you have so much doubt in your head, and you have two. You've got two people in your head. One's telling you to give up, and the other one's telling you not to. But there's great growth. There's great growth comes out of pain. Yes. <laughs> Isn't there? Yeah. Like, and stepping out of the comfort zone. Yeah, and see again what's, and yeah. again and again and again. Yeah. It's endless, isn't it? Yeah. You, you come to a point where you learn this is endless. Yeah. Like, you know, but I, I just thought once I did that first marathon, I could do anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I and it wasn't because I had cancer and I ran that marathon. It was the first marathon that got me through that can you know, got me through cancer, got me through the marathon yeah. and and um raising that money. It was the first marathon because I knew when I did that first marathon I could do anything. Mm-hmm. It it makes me feel that you yeah. know that that change in direction that you had, um, and getting the confidence of, because yeah. your first marathon brings self belief, doesn't it? Oh, and then yes. this huge fitness you've got and this great well being, getting onto the bike etc. Yeah, was all preparing you to go through this yeah. episode and yes. brought you to it really. Yeah. There's a Even reason. It's, it's difficult, like, but yeah. when you look back, you almost think it was there for that yes. reason, yeah. you know, to make you strong to go through that. Now, coming to 2018 and 2019, yeah. um, so the Born to Run. Oh, I loved the Born to Run. Born to Run oh, series. Loved so it. you won your age category yeah. in each of the eight races. Yeah. <laughs> like, that must have felt pretty good. Oh, and you're knocking I loved out it. PBs yeah. in those during that courses as well. Yeah. Um, after coming full circle now. Yes. Well, I, I, had to, I had to think of, I had to focus on something this year because I had a couple of injuries last year and I had to focus on something. So my focus was I wanted to uh, win my age category in the Born to Run and I wanted to try and win my age category in a lot of the races, um, the cross country. I love cross country. Cross country is the ground for good running basic the, yeah. the basics for good running and uh, and joe quinn always p- is pushing that and i feel i'm pushing it too you know because he he's really he's always at the board mm. or always at the cross country races but i wanted i wanted something to focus on and had never i think i'd done one of the born to run uh, series one race i think it was castle Welland, and i thought you know i know they're really really hard and but I'm gonna go and there always is enjoyment with them because there's always there's Joe McMahon and there's different ones from the club that go to it and um there's always a bit of a buzz, a bit of crack mm. and all of it, everything like that. Don't take and, it seriously. And it's through the winter yeah. months as well, so it yes, gives you a good focus. training. Yes, good training. Mm. So and then the, the cross country was on. And I always went to the cross country. Always trying to 
get people to, it's like pulling teeth at times to get people to go to the cross country because all they can think of is six miles through muck and it's miles away you know but it's not it's not like that there's so yeah. much involved in cross country and uh, I says right I can do both during the winter season and it actually worked out really well although it was busy every Saturday it worked out really well because um, I think maybe one or two clashed you know and I think there was one particular day there was one that cancelled and then it was then um, revenued or redated or whatever you know to another yeah. another date so then I think it may be one clashed but it was actually the last one and I ran the Born to Run race I ran the 5k in Castle and then I went then to Lurgan and then did the cross country so I didn't the I did them day. all I did them all yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you done amazing the cross country then yes. yeah was that expected so tell me no. you won your age category in that yes I won I won the age was that category the... a couple of but the billing um yeah the Belfast Plain fields at Molusk I won the uh, what the name god did you call it um, ba, 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 can't remember. Um, Matheson Cup, that's what it was. Mag, Mags Matheson. I won um, my age category in that race, and then. Were you expecting that? No, that, that's quite, I didn't. That's quite, I wasn't even going out to do anything. That's very competitive. Like that. Yes, I you wasn't. know that, that's proper racing. Yeah, like. and uh, then I ran. I won the one my age category in Stormount, and I came either second or third in all the other ones. You know. You must have been delighted with that. Oh yeah, I was. Yeah. Buzzing like. Yeah, I did. I loved it. What's loved next? It. What's next on your calendar? Uh, I'm doing Dublin Marathon, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing it with my daughter. Brilliant. Yes. And it's her first so marathon. It's going to be her first marathon. Her and I did her first ten k race, the Titanic, there a few weeks ago, so I ran with her. And how did she find that? She found it tough, but she did really mm. well. She did really well. Uh, I think she could run a wee bit faster, Anna, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, she did it really well, and uh, she's joined Melus Carriers because she lives up in Belfast. Brilliant. So uh, hopefully that um, they're taking her by the hand and helping her out. How, how does that make you feel then? Because oh, you've delighted. influenced her, obviously. Yes. Yes. And you know how much value that brings to your life yes as you said you know i wish i would have had that when i was younger yes they, so they, mo- they, most of us can say that yeah my my kids would have said we don't want to hear about your running mom mm. you know they would have made fun of it just sort of, oh no here she goes again or she talks about running and stuff like that so mark he's running over in london he's doing the park runs and things like that <laughs> he's lost a bit of weight he's doing really well anna then she's starting to run and the reason why she's doing the um, Dublin Marathon is she's doing it for the hospice her boyfriend's father um, Gavin's dad died in July and the hospice was very good to him so Anna's raising money for the hospice Brilliant. and that's why she's running the marathon so she's she's this is going to be really tough for Anna and um, but her and I are going to run together it'd be amazing yeah there, there is a true saying if you want a if you want to go for a run, you know, run race a five k. But if you want to change your life, run a marathon. Yes, yes, something like yes, that. Yeah, I think it'll do her the world of good. <laughs> Trisha, it sounds like you've been on an amazing journey. Yeah. You know, it's, know. you've changed direction so many yeah. times. But when you listen to your story, you know, if there was such a thing as fate, yeah. and if it was laid out, you almost think it was laid out yes, that way. And yes. To come full circle, it's going to be another emotional but awesome day. 
in Dublin this yeah. year for you and your daughter to cross, oh, the, cross my goodness, that line. It's going to be unbelievable. You, know, you can feel the hairs on the back yes, of your neck. Yeah. Trisha, thanks very much. Appreciate okay. your time coming down. Hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> I loved it. Thank you. Good. I found this to be a great flowing chat about marathon running in general. Be happy, stay healthy, stand strong, and know that even the weakest can get back up. There is nothing we can't achieve with a bit of self-belief and positivity. I wish Pat and her daughter all the best in Dublin this year. Sometimes you underestimate the influence our running adventures have on our own family. Before I go, I'd just like to thank Pat for calling down to Kilkeel to record the podcast. With my own training in full swing now, it's getting harder and harder to fit these in, so really appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed. Until next week, stay safe and keep on moving.